First John chapter five. First John chapter five. <clears throat> we have been going through First John. We take little breaks for special occasions like Supreme Court decisions and July 4th and various things like that. But we have come down in 1 John chapter 5, and I'll read verse 13, 14, and 15 that we'd like to look at today. 1 John 5:13. These things... I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do ask that You would help us to understand these truths as You have intended them to be understood. I pray that You would use it to build our faith, that it would be instrumental in helping us to honor You And so, Lord, for that to to happen, we need Your Spirit to do the ministering. I just ask, even now, that You would go before us, that You would work in us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Honestly, verse 14, now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Honestly, this passage presents some tremendous difficulties if you apply it to our daily practice and lives. Most of us would read this and say, from my experience, this is just not true. Although John is repeating things that Jesus has said in the Gospels, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears it and answers favorably. But many of us here today have prayed for the salvation of people who we never were assured that they got saved. Many have prayed for the restoration of a wayward Christian, and we've never seen them Repent and be restored. Many have prayed for the reconciliation of Christian marriages. And in many cases, we've not seen them restored. And so we say, wait a minute here. 
we, we have some choices. We can say, that's a nice truth, and yeah, let's study about it in church, and then we'll come to our real life and say, but that isn't how it really is. And we come to accept that type of dichotomy in our spiritual life, which really we shouldn't accept. You have, we as individuals have prayed for people to be healed physically, only to stand and watch them painlessly or painfully slowly ebb from this life into eternity. And you may be tempted to say, God, I wanted this for your glory and, and I wanted you to show your power here. And, and that's when we're tempted to be discouraged. We're tempted to become disheartened with the ways of God or with prayer. And we're tempted to just kind of fall into a, well, I'm not going to ask God for much because what good does it do? How many of you honestly would say, I've been there at times in my life? <clears throat> and we read these verses. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every man that asketh receiveth, and him that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it will be opened unto you. And, and there must be something wrong with me because I've tried to ask and I've been asking for 30 years or I've been seeking, I've been knocking and, and it doesn't seem to come about. And what's the little catch here? Well, there really isn't a little catch from my perspective. You know, over the years, um, as someone said, my prayer batting average, if those of you not familiar with batting averages, if a baseball player gets has a 300 average, that means every 10 times that he comes to the plate, he gets on base three times. Or every 1,000 times that he bats, he gets on 300 times. If a, if a baseball player hits 300, that is a good average. And some of us would say, man, if my prayer batting average was 300, I'd, that'd be a good average. Think about it. When's the last request that you made before God that you could say, this is what I prayed and this is how God answered it? Many times our prayers are such that we don't know if they've ever been answered. Or we know they haven't been answered. And that presents a, a problem for us in, in this whole realm, and it really comes back and deals with our understanding of who God is, our understanding of, of prayer, and I am not here today 
to say that I understand all the ins and outs of prayer. But I know this. John is writing this to encourage the believers to pray. He's not writing it to discourage it. He's writing to encourage the believers to pray. So, uh, we want to, we want to look at some of the things that, that deal with this regarding prayer. So in, in verse 13, really in verses 11, 12, and 13, again, remember the book of 1 John is written so that we have assurance of our salvation. And he says that in verses 11, 12, and 13, if you have the Son, Jesus Christ, you have everlasting life. And then he goes right into verse 14 after saying this, and he's saying, Now, this is the confidence that I am a child of God. I have Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. And this is the confidence that I have that when I ask God anything, He hears me. Assurance of salvation gives confidence in prayer. Throughout the book of John, we've mentioned it many times, but we'll mention it again. John basically gives three keys to assurance. One is we have a person that is truly saved, has the right view of Christ. We're not going to go into that. We've gone into that. Secondly, they have a desire to the obedience of the Word of God. He brings that out several times over in this past, in this book. And thirdly, he says, you'll have a love of the brethren. And he says, now, because I have the assurance of my salvation, I know, and he says, these things were written unto you that you may know that you are a child of God. I know that I have personally called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. There is evidence of spiritual life in my life by a desire for the Word, a desire to obey the Word, the convicting of God's Spirit, and so on. And because I have the confidence that I am a child of God, that He is my Father, I have confidence when I go to Him that He will give me whatever I need to be an obedient, God-honoring Son. So, here it is. I know that He is my Father. I, He is the perfect Father. Sad to say, Satan has done much damage to the image of God by many times we as fathers portraying a bad picture. But God is the perfect Father. So that any son has the freedom and the confidence that I can go to my Heavenly Father and I can ask Him, and He will give me what I need to be a God-honoring child of His. Having years of experience in coaching um, rec league soccer, one of the first things that you want to do with them is to to put them at ease. These little kids are coming in and they're nervous and they don't know if they know anything. 
and and you put them at ease and say, you know, we're here to help you. If you have any questions, ask us. If you need anything, let us know. And um, don't be afraid to make a mistake. And um, and so you try to put them at ease and you tell them, if there's anything you need, just let one of the coaches know. And you mean that from the depths of your heart. So here it is. You're playing a game and you turn around and look and one of the girls has the water jug and she's over here dumping all the water on the tree, watering the tree. Now, if she comes and says, Coach, can you refill my water jug? I don't have a real desire to refill her water jug to water every tree at Northwest Park. Because she's not on the same program. If she came off the field and said, My jug is empty, and she's sweating, and... Can you fill my water jug? You say, hey, we're going the same direction here. Now, honestly, I'm not making this up. That actually happened. That girl probably today is some botanist making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, and she was on the right course for her life, watering trees, okay? But a, a simple little illustration God says, I will give you whatever you need to make you a God-honoring child of mine. And we run off to all these trees or all these distractions, and we say, this is what I want to do. But you can have the confidence, if you are assured that you are a child of God, that you are going to the Father, and the Father is perfect, in all His ways, and He welcomes us to come to Him. Do you understand? This is very important. In ancient Judaism, there was an understanding that God answered only the prayers of great people. Patriarchs like Moses and Abraham and Elijah. And they had this understanding that God didn't answer the prayers of ordinary people. But Jesus came along and taught us that God hears the prayers of every child of His. It is sonship that gives us access to the Father. It is because I am a child of God that I can go to the Father. It's not because... I've been doing real well lately, Lord, and honestly, I've, I've read the Bible every day for the last month, or I'm, I'm trying to, to pray more. How many of you have gone before the Lord and, and have given Him a, a list of things why He should probably answer you? How many of you have done that? Come on, you can raise your hand. My hand's up in the air. God doesn't answer our prayers because of what we've done. He answers our prayers because we're a child of His. And it is important for us to realize that it's not our works, it's not our desires that answer the prayer. 
Because I am a child of God, I can know the will of God. And I can do the work of God. And I do have access to God. It is fundamental for us to realize that prayer is not just asking and receiving. Nor is prayer convincing God to do our will. Nor is prayer convincing God to change His mind. There are times that we go before God and, and we plead with God and our, our view is that, that we have this case and, and God is standing there. You haven't given enough good reasons yet why I should do this. And, and we plead with Him and, and we cry before Him and I believe in prayer and fasting. But God doesn't say, oh, okay, now you're fasting, now I'll answer that prayer. Prayer is fellowship with God. Prayer is the conversation between a child of God and His loving Heavenly Father. It is the highest privilege of a Christian. And in it... It is an opportunity for us to know the heart of God, to know the will of God, and to glorify God. It's an opportunity for us to depend on Him. It's an opportunity for us <clears throat> to learn to trust Him. It is an opportunity for us to request provisions for doing His will. So a father asked his son to go out and repair the bobbed wire fence that is broken down. If the son comes back in and says, Dad, the four-wheeler's out of gas, and I was going to run over to the neighbor's house, and um, go fishing with him for a while. And then I'll come back and work on the fence. That dad's probably not too anxious to put gas in the four-wheeler to enable him to go over there and do that. But if the son comes in and he says, Dad, the four-wheeler's out of gas and I've got the fence post driver and I've got fence posts, and I've got some bob wire, and I've got the fencing pliers, and I've got a spade, and I need to get it out there on the South 40. Um, do you know where any gas is that I can get it so we can get that stuff down there? The dad says, sure. Why? Because the boy is sharing the heart of the father. And how did he know the heart of the Father? He was around him enough so that the Father could reveal to him. The Father reveals to us through the Word. The Father reveals to us through the Spirit. The Father reveals to us as we go to Him in prayer. 
I have had more things that God has challenged me when I'm going to Him in prayer and giving me direction in than it is me talking to Him. Prayer is fellowship with God. It's an opportunity to know the heart and the will of God. It's an opportunity to then know, oh, this is what God likes, so that's what I want to do. That will glorify God. It's an opportunity for us to trust Him and to request provisions that we need to do His will. The key in all of this is submission to God. You notice in in verse 14, now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. If we ask anything according to His will... Submission with God, submission to God, brings God's provisions to us. If I, if I am not obeying God, I can ask for some good things and godly things, but God is, God is not going to give it to me for me to go water my trees, so to speak. But when I have submitted to Him and said, God, I want to do Your will. And He knows our heart, and He understands that. Through prayer, then we learn to discern God's will and submit to it. This happens especially when He refuses to grant us certain requests. And why does he refuse to grant certain requests? It may not be his will. He may have a higher purpose for us. It is submitting our will to his will. It is praying as Jesus prayed. And as Jesus instructed us to pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Think about it in just in the most practical sense. It would be the height of stupidity to pray for my will to be done as opposed to God's will. God is perfect. God never makes a mistake. I am full of mistakes. I am far from perfect. That would be the most absurd thing to pray for my will to be done and not God's. Also, to pray our will against God's would be asking God to to abdicate His sovereignty over the universe and submit to us as the sovereign. We would be the God. God's coming under our will rather than us coming under God's will. So it's learning to embrace God's will and say, thank you, God, for not granting me what I ask for, 
I realize it's not your will at this time, or maybe it's not your will ever. It's therefore not good for me. There are many times there are no simple explanation why requests are granted and some are not. While there is a mystery surrounding it, so to speak, we still can rest in the fact that this, as far as we know, our purest intentions, we can still come and say, I trust the Father. He is perfect. If I had been a disciple of John the Baptist, I would have been praying that he would have been released from prison and have many more years of effective ministry. But as you know, God's way was to have a drunken, lustful king make a stupid promise that resulted in John getting his head lopped off. If I had heard Satan was seeking permission to sift Peter like wheat, I would have prayed that Peter would be able to resist the devil's attacks. But Jesus didn't pray that. Rather, he prayed that Peter's faith would not ultimately fail and that after he was restored, he might strengthen his brother. Why on one hand... People prayed for Peter in prison, and God came and answered and opened the prison doors and let Peter out. And on the other hand, people prayed for others in prison, and, and they weren't let out, and many were martyred and, and suffered. But we have to come back. It comes back to what we believe about God. God always acts with love. Sometimes we act with selfishness, but God always acts with love. God always knows what is best for us. We often find out what we thought was best was not. God's will is always superior to our own because God sees the whole picture. We do not. Pastor E. Charles Stanley Jones said, If I throw out a boat hook or an anchor from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? He said, prayer is not pulling God to my will but aligning my will to the will of God. Someone has written and wisely written this. I ask God for all things that I might enjoy life. God said, rather, I will give you life so that you may enjoy all things. I ask God to give me wisdom. God said, Rather, I will give you problems to solve so you may become wise. I asked God to give me strength. God said, rather, I will give you difficulties to make you strong. 
I asked God to give me courage. God said, no, I will give you danger to overcome. I asked God to give me prosperity. God said, instead, I will reward you with the fruits of your labor. I asked God to take away my pain. God said, rather, it is not for me to take it away, but for you to give it up. I asked God to spare me pain. God said, rather, suffering draws you apart from the worldly cares and draws you closer to me. I asked God to make my handicapped child whole. God said, rather, the child's spirit is whole, and its body is only temporary. I asked God to grant me patience. God said, no, patience isn't granted. It is learned through tribulation. I asked God to give me happiness, and God said, rather, I give you blessing. Happiness is up to you. I asked God to give me favors. God said, no, I will give you choices. I asked God to make my spirit grow. God said, rather, your faith will give you growth, and I will prune you to make you fruitful. I asked God to give me love. God said, rather, I will send you to those in need for you to give your love to. I asked God to help me love others as much as He loves me. God said, Now you understand. Your love will shine through as you fulfill my law. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am, among all men, most richly blessed. Someday, in heaven, we will understand completely every working of God. Now, by faith, we must submit to it. And John was writing to encourage them. He was writing to urge them that you have the assurance of salvation and you have the perfect Father and go to Him. And and as you are in His will, He will give you everything you need to honor and glorify Him as a faithful son. In 1921, Thomas Edison with many inventions already to his credit, said, we don't know the millionth part of one percent about anything. We don't know what water is. We don't know what light is. We don't know what gravity is. We don't know what electricity is. We don't know what heat is. We have a lot of hypotheses about these things, but that is all. But we do not let our ignorance about these things deprive us of their use. In the same way, there is much 
that we do not understand about prayer, and there is much in this life that we will never understand. But we should not let us keep us from using that in accordance with what we do know. We do know that if we are children of God, we have confidence before God that if we ask anything according to His will, first of all, He hears us, and will grant our requests. So what John is basically saying here, let's pray at all times and not lose heart. What John is basically saying is, don't let what you don't understand about God keep you from coming to Him. You do have the confidence that you are a child of God So run to the Father. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, I will run to Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. So it's not, I don't understand this, I don't understand this. I don't understand how we have cool air blowing out those vents up there, but I kind of like it. I'm not saying shut that off until I understand how all this works. We have all we need to understand about God and about prayer. And he says, first of all, make sure you are a child of God. If you're here today and you say, I do not know for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that I am a child of God, you need to make sure today. Before before you leave, mention it to someone. And if you are a child of God, you might say, you you know, I, I haven't been doing so well lately. We'll be talking more about Um, What we do wrong in prayer tonight. But God the Father says, come to me. We can fix it. We can make it right. You don't go to Him because you've you've had a good week in your walk with the Lord. So now I can come. You come because you're a child of His. And we come to Him and submit to Him. God, I don't understand it, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Heavenly Father, I pray today that your Spirit would use these words to encourage us to prayer. Lord, undoubtedly there are individuals here today who have become disillusioned, Because they've asked and didn't receive. And so they've come to the point where they've just quit asking. They've come to the point where they don't come and have fellowship with you. They've come to the point where they don't get to know your heart. Lord, I pray today that there would be individuals... that would come back to the throne of You, would come back to fellowship with You, 
And Lord, that each of us here today would willingly submit. Undoubtedly, there are hard, hard questions that come in life. But Lord, may every one of us say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I pray if there's an individual here that has never called upon you, they do not know they are a child of yours. Lord, I pray today that they would come to know the joy of having you as our Heavenly Father. Draw us to your heart. Help us to know your heart and your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.